Welcome to the Lex Buds and Pick and Roll podcast. I'm one of your two co-hosts, Brandon. And with you, as always, is Tyler. Oh, Tyler, this is going to be an easy show, man. Not a lot going on. You and I are just going to shoot the breeze for the next little bit because there's nothing to talk about. I don't know what we're going to talk about. I mean, I've got nothing on my list. Nothing really happened this week of note. I mean, did you come up with anything? I feel like we have this conversation every week. What are we going to talk about? I tell you what, somebody mentioned that there was an election going on. We should probably talk about that this week. Oh, yeah. There was an election. There was an election. So we're going to give our post election coverage, which I'm sure everybody's been on the edge of their seat waiting to hear what we think about it. (laughs) And even if you weren't, we're going to tell you anyway. It doesn't matter. We're going to give it to you. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the presidential election. We're going to talk about the Senate race. Some UK sports and other random topics, but before we get into the meat of the show, Tyler, just how has your week been otherwise? Um, well, uh, we we had family pictures made today, so Ooh. that so that was exciting. We went to the uh, the 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 Christmas tree. I don't know which Christmas tree farm. I don't. Know yeah, I think it's a Christmas tree farm. <laughs> I do actually. I think that's what it's called now. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. So so we had our pictures made. It was, it was a beautiful day out today, so we just were outside enjoying the weather don't get a lot of 75 degree days in november but i'll take them yeah it's a beautiful thing i mean who would have thought you know it's global warming mm-hmm. or something i don't know uh, i think that's what they say right it is it is what they say yeah well that's but how about you man what's been going on with you let me tell you this if i'm moving a little slower on this show i know i don't have to move a lot on the show but it's because i started working out again what do you ever well, I was going to say, do you ever work out, Tyler? I don't know if you... Do you ever work out? I mean, but I, the the only workout I get is, over the last four years, lifting a progressively increasing amount of dead weight when I pick my <laughs> kids up. But that's the only weight lifting that I've done in the last four years. Okay, so I decided, uh, you know, I went and had my... I had a physical done at the doctor, and I was like, you know, I want to get in... I just want to get in better shape. They ask you, you know, what are your goals? It's like, yeah, I'd like to just get in better shape. And I just decided, hey, I'm going to get in better shape so i started working out and like when i lift my arm it just it hurts like everything hurts when i lift this glass to get something to drink my hands shake well that's just look at that right look at that you squeeze a little bit and it starts to (laughs) shake a little it's weird i don't it's very difficult to get through the first week or two if you haven't worked out in a while and you get back into it hurts like heck man it's terrible i don't like it well, your your checkup went okay though. You're not like dying or anything that you they told you you need to get in shape. Well, or, no, it's just are, are one you, of those. Are you healthy? It's just one of those. You know, nobody's really talked to me about it. And they're like, well, what are your goals and what do you want to do? I just get a physical every year. I just mm-hmm. it's just something I do. I was like, you know, I just like to get in better shape. You know, I'm get, I'm going to be forty in a couple years. I'd like to be in really good shape when I hit my forties. Forty. I know it's scary, that isn't is. it? That's what's happening. I'm I'm right behind you. I'm right on your coattails. So so it's one of those things when you say it out loud, you're like, well, heck. I probably should get in shape. So it, you know, made me decide to, uh, you know, go back at it, see what I could do. And it hurts like heck, (laughs) but I'm there. Well, good for you, man. That's, that's very impressive. You know, I also told them that my mental health was very good, except for this week when the election came and then everything. And I think everybody in the country's mental health just went down the toilet. Everybody has lost their (laughs) minds this week. Everybody lost their minds. So should we just get into that, Tyler? Let's, let's do it. Let's talk about it. Okay. So pre-election. Right, we're getting polls that say basically Trump's going to get beaten like a drum. I mean, they're they're not very close, right? There was one poll in Wisconsin, for example, that showed him down seventeen points a week before the election. <laughs> yeah, right. By a very reputable poll, this isn't like just a dude in his basement. This is a reputable place. So my thought was going into it, man, he's going to get destroyed and absolutely embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Just full honesty, I, I didn't even think it was going to be close. I I voted early. I think you voted early. 
and you turn on the coverage, Tyler, what were your thoughts as you watched the day progress? When did you start watching the returns? Um, after I got my kids to bed, which was like, I don't know, 8 o'clock. Okay. Um, that's when the but, action starts, so yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, it, it really is fascinating because my, my presidential election, I love presidential election day every, every four years because I will just sit and go through each network's coverage. Mm-hmm. You know, I start with ABC, then I go to CBS, then I go to NBC, then I hit the CNNs, go over to Fox News. I, I just go, you know, I'll watch each one for about 20 minutes and yep. move on yep. to the next one. So I just want to see, you know, the different perspectives that you get. And it, it really was fascinating because the night starts out, like you said, all the polls are showing Biden. You know, first few states come in, Biden wins all the states he's supposed to win, Trump wins all the ones he's supposed to win, so everybody's you know, nothing's changed. Everybody's expecting, okay, Biden's still in good shape. Then Florida and Ohio returns start to come in. Mm-hmm. And the folks on MSNBC start panicking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the look of despair on their faces yeah. when it becomes apparent that Trump's going to win Florida and Ohio. I mean, just pure sadness on the commentator's face. I wouldn't have seen that coming either. <laughs> Strange. Okay. Uh, and then as the night wore on, you know, it it kind of comes back a little toward Biden. And by the time I went to bed at like midnight, uh, it looked like Trump was probably going to win, but it was, I don't know, maybe 60-40 yeah. as to who I thought would win. It, it was still up in the air. The betting point. money was changing all night long. If you looked at, you know, what, not Vegas, but the offshore betting places were saying, it was switching back and forth all night. It was really close. It was, and uh, they mentioned that a lot on Fox News. That that was something they kept bringing up. A lot of the odds have, have switched in Vegas for Trump. I mean, both Net- Fox News and MSNBC, they were both literally grasping at any straw that they could. <laughs> it was quite entertaining. I- any signal whatsoever. Oh, the stock market's looking up. That's good for Trump. <sighs> like, what is the? I don't know what the stock market has to do with people voting, but okay. Uh, it, again, just just great entertainment. I, I highly recommend. If you only stick to one station on presidential election night, you are doing yourself a disservice. You need to go through all the channels just to see different people freaking out. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I agree. Now, before we get into the results, let's talk about the networks themselves because uh, I think you and I, we've talked privately off the show. You know my feelings about certain stations like CNN. Mm -hmm. Okay. Don't really care for them that much, right? But I promise you, you will not find a better anchor on those maps. You know those maps where they're just pushing the buttons? Let's look at what happened in 2016 in blah, blah, blah County. Oh, it's 0.6. And and they're like zipping through the whole map. The dude on CNN, John King. John King. Dude, I feel like he has slept with that map in his room for the last year. (laughs) Like in anticipation for this one night. And the same thing with Steve Kornacki, I think is his name, on MSNBC. Those guys just own that thing. Now the Fox News guy, they need to pick it up. They need to do something with that whole crew. Okay, I was I was not a fan. I just didn't like it. I'm an independent voter. I think you're registered independent yes, as well. We I'm just are. telling you, I call balls and strikes here. Um, they need to get it together. It just wasn't good all around. Even the guy on the map. But CNN and MSNBC really, they're map guys. Whoever they need to give them a raise. So if they're listening to this, you deserve a raise. It was amazing. They were zipping through the maps. They know that they somehow know the name of every county and they know exactly where it's at. They're like, let's go over to Davis County. <laughs> I can't even tell you all the counties where they're at in Kentucky. And I've lived here my whole life. Well, I, I've learned after seeing the maps, we have way too many counties, first of all, when you see the other states. 
But it is, I agree, it is fascinating to watch them work their magic on those maps. John King was by far the best. Yeah, he, I mean, he, he owned he it. He would drill down, you know, to the county, to uh, to the town. I mean, he, he could narrow it down to the street and say, oh, Bob's, you know, just finishing <laughs> his work at home shift. He's not got yeah. to go vote yet. Yeah. I mean, he, he can just narrow it it's down. True. It's incredible. <laughs> it is absolutely true. Like, Betty works the nine to five. She'll be coming in late to vote now. I talked to her earlier. She said she couldn't send in the mail-in ballot because she had to send her dog to the vet. But she's going to get in there. And, you know, it's like the craziest thing. But they own those maps. So... Even if you don't like their specific coverage, I mean, it'd be fair to say that they're pretty biased in one direction, as is Fox probably in the other direction, right? But at the end of the day, either are talented or you're not, and they were very talented, so I, I was happy to see that. Now, in terms of the actual results, when you looked at it, if you went to bed at 12 o'clock like you did, you went to bed thinking Trump was probably going to win, because the people that voted in the day overwhelmingly went for Trump. If they voted on election day. Yes. And for in the case of Pennsylvania, he was up almost a million votes. A million votes. That's that's to me that's a lot of votes. It seems like a lot. It seems like a lot, but at the same time, a lot of people, a majority of people voted earlier or voted <laughs> absentee, which we come to find out, and those in overwhelmingly num- uh overwhelmingly large numbers came out for Biden over the course of the next 2 days, and everything switched back the other way. What are your thoughts when you, so you went to bed thinking it was one thing? When did you think it was going to switch over to the other? Did did you have a, a thought on that or a memory of that? I, I guess it's you know probably midday around on Wednesday when when those early returns started coming in and like you said they were just overwhelmingly for for Biden and, and it makes sense. I mean Trump. I, I think one of Trump's biggest mistakes is that he encouraged his supporters not to vote early. I think that was a huge mistake. Um. I mean, just just think about it logistically. Those mail-in votes, they've already been cast. The, those people are 100%. They, they have voted for Biden or wh- whoever they voted for. Mm-hmm. If you have a you know person who is probably going to vote for Trump or has said, I'm going to vote for Trump, mm-hmm. maybe they get sick on Election Day. Maybe they get a flat tire. Maybe they just, for whatever reason, aren't able to vote. Uh, you, you are... I think, I think he put himself at a lot of unnecessary risk by only allowing his supporters to vote on one day, but Biden encouraging his voters to vote but do, weeks, months ahead of time. But do you think he would have gotten any more votes? You know, his, his constituency, you know, if you think about it, the people that lean a certain political direction want to show up on election day and push the button. That's their thing. I don't know that he's going to convert any of the people that are going to do mail-ins. Maybe. I mean, that, that's a thought. I mean, he got a, and let's be fair, he got a ton of votes. Both of these guys got like a, a crazy amount of like over seventy million votes or close to seventy million, an insane amount of, of votes, which is which is crazy. And it's great that we're participating at that level. Mm-hmm. However, now we're finding out that President Trump didn't concede the race. We're aware of that, and maybe there's a reason he is saying that so many votes were cast. He's ca- casting a lot of doubt on people that are coming in to vote. All right, so there's obviously going to be lawsuits. There's going to be a lot of legal stuff that's going to go on the next two or three weeks. Um, and I just watched Mayor Giuliani's press conference, what, two days ago? <laughs> and it is abundantly clear. He's very angry. It's he's, abundantly he's an clear. angry man. At, at first, when they said there's going to be legal action, I said, okay, yeah, this will last like three or four days. I watched that press conference at the Four Seasons Landscaping Company or whatever it was, and it is very clear that they're not screwing around. You know, they really think that there's something there. Now, for me personally, 
I need to see that before I believe it. I'm not going to take somebody at their word that just says, yeah, there was voter fraud. You got to show me something. I need to see. <laughs> I need to see some evidence before I believe any of it. Yeah, you, show me the evidence. Even if you say that there's like a cover up that's impossible to find the evidence, well, that doesn't help me, right? It's like I, I've got two kids at home, right? If there's a problem, you got to show me what the problem is. Just don't tell me something. You you got to show me. So I just worry about that in general. What what are your thoughts on the legal stuff? I mean, he's not conceding the election. He's saying it was stolen. And that there are a lot of instances that they can point to where they say there's a problem here. Yeah. Again, I need to see some proof. I mean, there there is no proof of, of any wrongdoing, anything that was alleged by Giuliani. There there are no facts to support that. I think that we're aware of. I think Trump has already filed eight lawsuits, mm-hmm. and eight have already been all eight have already been dismissed. I, I can tell you after that press conference, eight's going to be a small number. Well, at, <laughs> there's going to be at, a lot. They probably need to because they're batting zero percent right now in the lawsuits. Yeah, because again, the, there is no substantive evidence to support anything that they're claiming. Yeah, and I have no problem with somebody saying, "Hey, there's fraudulent activity. We need to investigate that." I'm fine with that. I mean, if that's a legitimate concern, then hey, we've got till January to figure it out. Let's take our time, figure it out. But you know, you got to show us something. You got to show the public that there's a there there as they say. You know, give us some meat on the bone. Give us something to, to actually look at. And if you're a supporter of his, um, I wouldn't advise you to just blindly follow. Ask for that evidence. I mean, I think he should at least share something. Now, one thing I did see that was a little disappointing was where they boarded up the glass walls in the counting place. I think it was in Detroit or something like that. That was a little off-putting, but I don't know the full story behind that. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about, or have you seen those pictures? Where, where people were trying to look in, and they covered up. Yeah, know. they covered up the board. You know, they put board yeah. around the glass. That was kind of like, well, why are, you know, why are we doing that? But I don't know if there were already people inside that could count. I don't know the full context yeah, of my, what was going on. Yeah, my understanding, there were already the people, you know, I mean, every polling place has to have a certain number of like, neutral observers, observers from both parties there there's no law that says you have to leave an open window for the entire general public to be able to look in and observe but but they are claiming that they weren't allowed in to oversee some of this now whether that's true or not i don't know i I wasn't there i have no clue that's going to be up to you know he's saying some of this could go to the supreme court and we obviously know what happened with the supreme court here lately uh with a new justice added so i don't know that that's necessarily going to help things i think he's going to have to bring an overwhelming case to show that there was some kind of activity yeah, to me, this this reminds me of what happened last election here in Kentucky when Andy Bashir beat Matt Bevan in a very close race, and Matt Bevan, you know, claimed, "Oh, there was fraud. There were ballots not count. It demanded a recount. He refused to concede for I don't know. It was, it was like a week, maybe." Um, and it turned out, I mean, they did the recount, and it changed absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. So, to me, that's what we're going to see here. Trump can file all the lawsuits he wants. He can demand all the recounts he wants, but I don't think any of the states were close enough, maybe outside of Georgia, that would could even do anything with a recount because they ended up being so large for Biden. But I, I think all this is going to end up being for naught. I think it just puts a puts a damper on democracy. Really, the the fact that if if he's not going to willingly accept defeat as every president in the modern era has done. And doesn't give a concession speech, whatever. What happens if he doesn't leave? What if he just sits there? <laughs> uh, I'm just asking the question. Like, what? What if it comes inauguration day, and he's like, 
nah, I know the lawsuits didn't work, but um, I'm going to sit right here. Not going to happen. I'm going to pass an executive order that says I get to sit here as long as I want. I think that would be a, a big mistake on his part. <laughs> yeah, he'd kind of be stuck there. He wouldn't be able to travel anywhere. Uh, I, I don't think that would work out too well. But it got me thinking about that. Like, what if what if somebody just decides not to leave the office? You know, because yeah. right now it doesn't look like he wants to leave. I, I imagine, but before I expect to ever hear a concession speech from Donald Trump, I think he will just quit. I think he'll just resign and turn things over to Pence for the last couple months. I think there's a decent chance Mike Pence is the next president of the United States. He could be the 46th president. <laughs> so if you got that newspaper with the front headline that says Biden is the 46th president of the U.S., save that because it could be worth a lot of money like 100 years down yeah. the road because it'd be like, hey, they got the headline wrong. It was really the 47th it's president. It's like that Dewey defeats Truman headline. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So, I mean, that could be worth a lot of money down the road. But, you know, if I if I had to give a word of advice, I let me just say this. I'm an independent voter. Uh, you and I voted for different candidates. I would almost guarantee it. Would mm-hmm. that be safe to say? I would, yes. Okay, agree. so let, let me just give a message to each side real quick, if you don't mind, Tyler. Sure. And, and just give me your two cents. Okay. Uh, do you want me to give a message to the to the Trump supporters or the Biden supporters first? Uh, I'll let you decide. And just just so you know, if before you turn it off after you listen to me, say something about one side uh it's gonna be the same on the other side too i just want to know which one you want okay first. uh let, let's do the winner first let's do biden first of the, the alleged winner tyler you know that <laughs> this is going to the courts you don't know anything okay i'm just kidding winners first okay so i would just say you know that there's a couple of things uh and this isn't going to be good for either side i just want everybody to know that so the first thing i know a lot of people are saying you know this is a time to come together and a time to unite the country right but it's pretty clear there's a very deep divide in this country Right. So 70 million people voted for one, 73 million or whatever it is voted for the other one. You're saying come together, but don't be surprised if there are a lot of people that voted for Donald Trump that aren't going to be just ready to just jump on board that train. Because that's been the big thing. Uh, President-elect Biden is saying we all need to unite. I can tell you just, you know, I have a lot of friends on both sides of the aisle, which is good. I can hear that. But you got to think from the perspective, you know, when President Trump got in in 2016, what happened? How was he treated from the first day? Do you recall that? There were signs up that said resist. Mm-hmm. There were protests. There not, was a, not my president. Not my president. There was a Russian scandal that actually went all the way up until his impeachment in the last year of his presidency. All right, It pretty much ate up his whole presidency until the last few months. And right after the impeachment, COVID started. <laughs> So he's he's got bashed from from the beginning. Um, you know, I think media treatment and and things like that has been exposed greatly. I I think media was always a wink and a nod leaning in one direction pretty much my whole lifetime. Mm-hmm. But I think during the last 4 years it's more of like it's not just a wink and a nod that we lean one way. It's we're doing this and we're doubling down on it. In my opinion. But I think Trump brought some of that on himself, but <laughs> that, that, but you, that was going to be my exact but, rebuttal. But if you're the but himself. if you're the referee, if you're supposed to be the referee, are you supposed to let your emotions get the better of you? Or are you supposed to always play neutral party? What's the media's role now? It's obvious to me that they've doubled down on the bashing. Pretty bad. I thought the Obama stuff was pretty bad on Fox, but the Trump stuff on the other fifteen networks was amazing. So I will say that. So I guess long story short, don't be surprised if you're saying unite and come together that some people are going to say, oh, what now that your guy's in office, you want to come together? What happened the last four years? Because I don't even think he got a shot. 
Now, he's a pretty brash guy. Let me just go ahead and be frank with you. But the day after the election, there were resist signs and not my presidents and protests. So I would just say be careful with that. On the Trump side, do you have any response to that, by the way? Is there anything uh, you, that I said you would disagree with? Um, yes. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, I, I, I think you, Biden is, has come out and said, like you just said, we're trying to bring people together. When, when has Trump ever tried to bring people together? He has made it clear from his campaign when he was first running for president that the other side is the enemy. There has never been any attempt from Donald Trump to try to unite anybody. That's his that's his MO. That frankly that's what got him elected. Was that strategy of it's us against them. So you don't think that happens on the other side ever. I've uh, na- name me a democratic president who didn't who didn't try to bring people together. That was Obama's whole campaign. There's no red states and blue states where the United States... Did, did Trump ever say that? Well, he did say that we had to come together. He even tried to work with Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer at one point until the impeachment stuff happened. And then, of course, I don't think they've talked for the last year. So no. Not very helpful. <laughs> but, I mean, he had a willingness to work with the other party because he'd worked with... He'd donated to their campaigns for his whole life. Mm-hmm. You know, I, in my opinion, he came in as, hey, you guys are both corrupt. I gave you both money and you did whatever I said. Yeah, but, and, and I, I will agree. If we're <laughs> we're talking about Schumer and Pelosi, I but but it goes deeper than those two. But you know what I mean. Yeah. He's like you're all in the same pool to me. I gave all y'all money, and you let me do whatever I want. So that, that's what yeah. I got from that. But you know, I think the Russia thing with with the media stuff reporting every rumor and staying on it for a week, and then moving to the next rumor, and then when stuff comes up about Biden right before Biden's son right before the election, which I don't even know what that is. They don't report on it because they can't substantiate the rumor. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where it's like, no, wait a minute. We're reporting on rumors for three years with this, but we won't report on a rumor here. It's it's interesting. I would ju- I'm just throwing that out there as a word of caution. Mm-hmm. I think we should all come together, right? I'm tired of arguing with people. I'm tired of seeing people percent ticked agree. off on Facebook. I just don't like it. I, all I'm saying is don't be surprised if people aren't just gung-ho about jumping in there because I hear it. Yeah, and, and you, you talked about the bashing. But again, I, I will compare him to other presidents. N- name another president who has mocked people with special needs, who has called immigrants rapists and murderers, who has uh, called veterans or, or people who were killed in wars as losers. Okay? We, we have seen things that this president has said that no other president in history has ever... So, so what are people supposed to say when he says stuff like that? Oh, well, that's, that's just Donald being Donald. Like We, we can't criticize him for calling now let me veterans add, Now let me ask you this. This brings up a good point about, about media coverage. This goes back to the whole thing. Even if the, the specific person that is on the news network believes that he is an absolute piece of trash, as a news organization, what is your role? Well... Is, is it to... Do editorials twenty four seven, or is it to report the news or give your own opinion about the news? I, I think that's what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. We, I feel like we've made a shift from let's report the facts to here's how I feel about it, and then let me give you the facts afterwards. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's been a, a, a shift, and it's kind of negative for everything. I I worry that it's going to continue. I don't think it's going to stop now. I think it's no, going to continue. No, we've reached a point of no return. At yeah, this point. it's it's pretty disappointing. So I don't know if that ever changes and 
you know, I hate to see it because like Biden said, I think we should all come together. So this isn't a thing where it's like, oh, I'm against people coming together because that's not the case at all. I think we should. I could just tell you that there's a large section of the population that isn't going to jump right on board as soon as he says, okay, yeah, we're going to do this. I agree. Now, my message to Team Trump, if you're going to accuse somebody of having a fraudulent election, you better sure as heck have something on there. Because if you don't, it will be the biggest embarrassment to this country. You don't make ex- accusations like that unless you have the proof. Not just something that somebody shared on Facebook, a meme or a you know a video of something. That is very, very dangerous territory that you do not want to go down. Okay? It, that's just my opinion, Tyler. I worry about it. If you lose, you go, you give your concession speech and you say, you know what? Just couldn't make it happen. I got a lot of votes. You could be proud. You should be proud, even if you lost. You should be proud that I got 70 million votes. How many people on this earth are ever going to get 70 million votes for anything they ever do in their life? <laughs> Unless you were on American Idol in the early 2000s, you probably didn't get 70 million votes for anything, right? People could vote like crazy with their texts and everything. You Be proud of that and move on. I don't like a sore loser. I'm not going to call him a sore loser yet. right? I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, but you better have something. And don't believe everything you see on social media. It, social media is not going to dictate who wins this election. It'll be the courts. They're going to look at this. So you're not going to win any points. You're not going to score any electoral college votes for your candidate on Facebook. <laughs> Sorry, that's my message on that. Do you agree? Uh, yeah, I, I agree with most of that. And, um, it, you know, the the fact that so many people are accusing Democrats of, of rigging this election, I think is just absolutely ridiculous. If if the Democrats were going to rig this election, don't you think they would have rigged it so that they would have won the Senate too? Plausible right. deniability, Tyler. What, what, you know that you know this. What Come is, on. What is Biden going to be able to do anyway without control of the Senate? I well, mean, no, <laughs> they could still get the Senate because there's going to be two runoff races in Georgia. So whoever, if the Democrats sweep both of those, they will have control of the Senate. Yeah. Well, that, that remains to be seen. But it remains to be but seen. But anyway, that they would have, you know, if they were going to rig it, they were going to rig it to to make sure that they had control. Of Congress as well. Yeah, that's true. Uh, they, and, and who's to say, who's to say, who's to say the Republicans didn't cheat too? Hey, if we're just throwing out random accusations, maybe they both cheat. Maybe the Democrats just did it better. Can maybe I t- they, maybe they were better <laughs> cheaters. Can I tell you something? I think it probably happens every election. I mean, that's just me. I'm, this isn't conspiracy theory for one side or the other. I bet there's a little bit of fudging every now and then. You got 150 million people voting. You're telling me all of that was above board? Nah, probably not. That's just my opinion, and I think it probably goes both ways. Mm-hmm. Is that bad to say? I just said that out loud. I don't know if that's okay. <laughs> but I honestly think, you know, a few votes here or there probably get, you know, there's probably some ballots that get dumped somewhere. Mm-hmm. But it's not because of any one party, I don't think. Yeah. I just think it happens. Agree. And you can always check to see if you voted. You know, go to your Secretary of State's website, see if your vote got counted. Mm-hmm. You know, they have accountability for that now. So just check and see. Yep. Now, what about the Senate race, Tyler? So we had uh, Amy McGrath. We had... Uh, Mitch McConnell, I forgot his name. It's like I, he hasn't been here for that long. Um, pretty much what we expected. Yeah. What do do we have the exact numbers, or do you do you recall what the amount that McConnell won by? A lot. <laughs> I mean, the guy just wins. It blows my mind. I, I don't know how he does it, Tyler. I was two years old when he first went into office. That's insane. I was. You were one. <laughs> it's thirty. What thirty six years? Yeah. Yeah. Man. He got in in uh, 1984. Yep, I think that's right. I was two years old. 
I was barely potty trained when he got into office. <laughs> How crazy is that, man? I uh, mean, you were wearing a diaper, and now he's probably wearing a diaper. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh no, uh, we can edit that out later, right? I think that, you know, if McGrath would have ran that ad, she probably could have won. I'm a Marine fighter pilot. Uh, I don't know if you heard. And yeah, <laughs> it's pretty funny. So. Uh, you, you know my feelings on this. You know my feelings on Mitch McConnell. Not just just people that have been in there that long. I do, I do not like it. Look at the people that caused the mer- most turmoil in our country. Who is it? The Nancy, Pelosi, there the Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, Mitch McConnell... Like the usual suspect. The All ones that have been there. The 70s. ones that have been there forever. And these are the people that divide us, in my opinion. I mean, I 100% agree with that. I mean, when, when Obama was elected, what did Mitch McConnell say his number one goal was? To work with him and try his best to implement the <laughs> Obama agenda? Uh, I, I think it was uh, to block anything that Obama wanted to do and make sure he's not elected again. I think, think that was... Yeah, that... He didn't do a good job no, of that one. Not, <laughs> his goal was not to do what's best for the people of Kentucky or the United States, but to block the president's agenda. That was his number one priority, he said. So I expect this will, again, be his number one priority to make mm-hmm. the Biden-Harris ticket a one-term and try to block anything they want to accomplish. Yeah. it's That line about the uh, diapers tie, I can't, <laughs> I'm having a hard time getting this visual out of my head. Uh, well, yeah, just imagine a turtle wearing a diaper, and you you'll have. Oh my God. <laughs> you gotta stop. You can't say stuff like that because now it's gonna screw me up for the rest of the show. Uh, um, but you know, it, long story short, it wasn't anything unexpected. One positive that came from the election is I don't have to hear about the McGrath ads. I felt like every time I opened the door, there was a McGrath ad coming at me. I actually, I wanted to see if you would share this. You made a Facebook post in the last week or two about oh, no. uh, how how your kids. Uh, had seen so many oh, McGrath. And yes. Can you share that story? Yeah. I, I thought it was hilarious. Okay. okay, so I you know, I voted early. I took my two kids to vote. And, you know, you wonder how much these political ads actually play a role and stick with people, right? And I went to get my ballot. I took my kids with me. I showed them the ballot. I said, guys, who am I going to vote for? And I knew who I was voting for, by the way. I didn't let my kids decide. <laughs> but, and, and I said, who should I vote for? And... Um, and my six-year-old said, Amy McGrath, said, uh, extreme Amy McGrath sounds extremely familiar. I was like, oh, my God. And then I said, Your well, six-year-old that was that. my six-year-old. He, he said the exact words from the McConnell campaign, extreme Amy McGrath sounds extremely familiar. And I was like, holy cow. And then my nine-year-old looks at it and said, McConnell's been in there for 36 years. That's too long, Dad. And I said, oh, sweet mercy. This is getting deep, man. They are, you know, it is the craziest thing. That is hilarious. It that is, is so funny. It is so, but, you know, my six-year-old calling her extreme Amy McGrath sounds extremely familiar. <laughs> just blew my mind, dude. It uh, really freaked me out, but uh, <laughs> it was good. I wanted them to see the process. You know, I think it's yeah. I think it's fun to, to get them involved, but obviously the political messages are working. However, the target market may be six-year-olds, which they can't vote in Kentucky, unfortunately. <laughs> If she had the six-year-old vote, she probably she, she may have won. I don't know. Yeah, maybe the, the power of advertising. But yeah, may, maybe not. You know, put ads on. I don't know what YouTube videos six-year-olds watch, but you know, may, maybe not target that age range. Yeah, it might, might have been a waste of the 
thirty billion dollars in donations <laughs> that she got. It is a ridiculous amount of money. I can't believe how much money was spent on that race. Think of all the. You know, I guess they made somebody money, right? It'll filter down to other businesses. But you just think, man, could that money have been used for something better? Absolutely, than that? that drives me nuts. All the money that was wasted because there was no chance she was going to win. I mean, th- th- think of how many people on unemployment right now in our state could have used that. I mean, if you are if you considered donating to Amy McGrath, just send it to the you know to the to the children's hospital or you know some but, you're just flushing wait, your wait, money wait, wait, down wait, the toilet wait, wait wait to be fair though this was a lot of like national money right so the democratic national committee was sending in a lot of money so this wasn't necessarily people in kentucky saying something this was coming in on a national level which was a big part of the problem is that those people have no clue what the people of kentucky want in a candidate and i tell you what if you're in the we mentioned the georgia senate runoffs if you want to better your odds of winning that race, keep the national people out of it because people don't like them, right? If you're a Democrat trying to win both of those, keep Nancy Pelosi out of it. If you're a Republican trying to win that, maybe keep Mitch on the sideline, like on the back burner, and say, "Hey, can you just send me the money? I don't need you in the ads, really, but just you know, send me the cash. Probably have a better chance." Yeah, uh, but but looking at this this race. And just our overall state as a whole, boy, the, we, we just turned even more red than... Holy cow. I mean, the, the legislature in Kentucky, not just a majority, they, they're now calling it a super majority. Yeah, that they got superpowers now. The, yeah, I think they now have x-ray vision. Uh, and, and, and <laughs> They can fly. They <laughs> can fly and stop a speeding bullet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's what a super majority does. Um, Which goes to show you how badly Bevin screwed this up. Right. I mean, you have to try to mess up to lose as a Republican in Kentucky. Insert as a governor, at least on a statewide. You know, there there are pockets that are more Democrat, like Lexington and Louisville, in the state. But on a statewide basis, how do you blow that, man? How do you blow it? I yeah. just when I go back and think about it, I'm like, you you have to try. I've told you, I think I've told you this before. He tried to be like Donald Trump. He tried to act like him and be brash, but not everybody can pull that shtick. It just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And I think he tried to do it, and he can't get away with that. Some yeah. people just aren't—they don't have the personality to get by with that. Yeah, and and, and we—you you just brought up Matt Bevan and Donald Trump. I, I normally don't care who wins because, like I said, I'm an independent. I usually don't care if the Republican or the Democrat wins, but I, I have thoroughly enjoyed seeing Matt Bevan and Donald Trump lose. They have. Both been my two least favorite politicians of my lifetime. Who do you dislike so, more? Uh, if who do you dislike? Ah, that's a tough decision. Like if you had to put a poster of one of, the, if somebody said Tyler, you have to put a poster of one of these two guys on the wall for the rest of your life and look at it every night before you go to bed above your headboard. Which one would you put above there to to at least deal with? Gosh, boy. Okay, uh, I just asked you a question. The, you is, act like I've stolen your kids or something, Tyler. Is, <laughs> <laughs> is there none of the above option? I, no, I there's have not. To put one. Yeah, who, who's your least favorite? I gotta know. I don't care. It's fine. Bevan's my. I would put up a Trump poster if I had to. Oh, so put that on the record. Tyler wants to put up a Trump poster. We have that on record. We'll put that as a clip. Can we get that as a as a clip, um, producer? There. Make sure we put that on the website. Tyler wants a Trump poster. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> that's, that's great. Well, I'm glad that's over with, and I think we should all just stop being so mad at each other, just in general. Get over yourself. We got to move on. Before social media was around, these thoughts were the same things our neighbors thought before we 
saw their social media posts and everything. Be nice to your neighbor. Be nice to your friends. They're the same people that they've always been. And if you're going to be mad the rest of your life because your candidate didn't win, then you'll be mad for half of your life because half the time your person's not going to win. Get over it. Move on. Be nice to everybody. And I think the world will be a better place. See that? Not a slow clap, just a fast clap. Okay. So anyway, I think that was an interesting segment, Tyler. We covered a lot. It was uncomfortable at times. It was fun at times, but I think we covered a lot of ground. Yeah, we just gave our honest opinions. That's what we do here. For what they're worth, from two independent observers, both parties can learn a lot. Let's hope, moving forward, we can just all get along. Yeah, and I think it's funny, Tyler, to note that during the segment, we both finished off our drinks. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe that's what you need to do sometimes. If you're having trouble getting along with your friend or neighbor, just have a tall glass of bourbon. And by the end of it, you'll have your glass gone, and everybody will be fine. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we'll come back for the uh, segment, uh, second segment. We've still got a lot more to cover, and uh, we'll see you in just a bit. Welcome back. Segment 2, episode 30 of the Lex Buds and Pick and Roll podcast. Brian, can you believe we are at episode 30? I cannot believe it, Tyler. This is like what ESPN does, a 30 for 30. Is yes. this a 30? I don't know how you get the 430 after it, but this is the, <laughs> the uh, Lex Buds and Pick and Roll 30. Yes. I'm excited about it. It's a big deal. Who would have thought we would have made it to 30, Tyler? I know. Maybe somebody will do a documentary on us someday. I can't. About our first 30 episodes. It'll probably have to be us, but yeah. (laughs) We'll do our own documentary. We'll do our own documentary on ourselves because we're... Lex Buds presents the Lex (laughs) Buds Pick and Roll documentary. It'll blow everybody's mind. That'd be great. (laughs) All right. Uh, So, so Brandon, you know, we've talked a lot about the presidential race, and I, I, I feel like... You know, we, we've probably made half our audience upset and half the audience happy. Then we've done our job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which if you haven't listened to us before, that's pretty much what we do. Uh, if if you don't disagree with something we say, at least every now and then, then you, you just don't have an opinion because we bring two de- very different points of view and we're, we're going to say things you don't agree with and that's okay. Like we said, we don't get we didn't get mad at each other. Oh, the only thing we did was refill our glass. That's right. So we are ready to go for another round. You can tell how bad we were upset at each other. We just went over and got some more. Uh, yep. Yeah, really upset us. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. So Tyler, you sent me a, a text the other day. Uh, you know, obviously the elections went on, and we talked about that in the first segment, right? But you sent me this text, and I'll let you explain what it was. But it kind of brought up an interesting thought in my head. You know, when you it's something I hadn't thought about before at this time of year, but do you want to explain what you sent over to me? Sure. So I, I always am very interested when I watch a TV show or a movie that involves a character playing the president of the United States of America. Now, there have been some that are very good and some that are that have been not so good. And so it kind of got me thinking, who have been the best or maybe not the best, but your favorite anyway, Mm -hmm. in TV show or movie, presidential character. Okay. Yep. So I thought we could go through and talk about some of our favorite ones. I think you also have some some that you did not like as well. Yeah, I think you did your favorites. I did my favorite and then my least favorite. So I think between the two of us, this should be pretty interesting. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so so I've got my top five. Do you want me to go through those, or do you want to start? How how should we? Tyler, let's start. Off, let's start off with the bottom of your list and start with number five first, and okay. just and just work our way up. Okay, I'm going to start with 
Uh, best TV movie presidents number five. Uh-huh. This is Tom Kirkman of Designated Survivor, played by Kiefer Sutherland. Oh wow, Kiefer. Okay, I, now see, I haven't seen this, but if it's got Kiefer Sutherland in it, it's obviously got to be. pretty I mean, good. you gotta know that Kiefer Sutherland would make a heck of a president. You, you know, that's all you need to tell me. That you know, when I first heard of Designated Survivor. And it said Kiefer Sutherland's going to be the president of the United States. And sign me up. I'm <laughs> in. I don't need to know anything else about the show. But I would be afraid not to vote for <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland. So just to be honest, I mean, right? Yeah. So he would uh, have my vote. But it's it's a great premise, you know. You know, because they have every time there's a State of the Union address, they have the designated survivor. Yeah. You know, the person who doesn't attend in case there's a mass catastrophe and everybody dies, so that there'll be one person. So the whole premise of the show is that. Somebody blows up the yeah. Capitol building during a State of the Union address, and he is the designated survivor and has to take over. He's like the housing and urban development person. When did this come out? I haven't heard of this. Um, it came out. I think it's like three three years ago or so. Really? It, it came out on on cable, and then it got canceled, and then Netflix actually picked it up. So it's a show. It is a show. Yes. Oh, not, okay. not a movie. All right. Yeah. So I'm going to check that out. So it's on Netflix. It is on Netflix. Yeah, Netflix. I, I did. Uh, I not only done at least one new season okay. after it got canceled. So okay, interesting show. Think think you might like it. Uh, my number four character, uh, number four TV movie president, is Tom Beck, the president on Deep Impact. You remember who played that character, Brandon? Can I tell you, something? president in Deep Impact? Yeah, I I can tell you that I haven't seen Deep Impact. What? I haven't seen it. So you, you're going to tell me you haven't seen Deep Impact or Armageddon? No. What were I you, know Aerosmith was in Armageddon. What were you doing that summer? I mean, those were like the two biggest movies that <laughs> I year. I didn't watch it. Is Deep Impact the one that had uh, Ben Affleck in it? No, that was Armageddon. No, okay. See, exactly. <laughs> See, I, I have no clue on both. I didn't watch either of the... Are they asteroid they're movies? Both, they're, yeah, they're, you know, it's both asteroid movies okay. came out within a couple weeks of each other. Yeah, I didn't watch it. I just know Aerosmith is in Armageddon. <laughs> Smith is in Armageddon, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, I think Steven Tyler goes up to the asteroid and, and, he, bl- and he screams and it blows it up. Yeah, mm-hmm. even when I dream of you, and then the asteroid just explodes. Right? I don't want to. Miss I'm going to need you to watch Armageddon. Okay, this, this is just. I'll add that to my. Are list. you anti Bruce Willis? Because you haven't seen Die Hard, you haven't seen Armageddon. Wait, who? Bruce I, Willis is in both of those. I'm going to add this to my list. So I haven't seen that. I haven't seen Top Gun or Dirty Dancing. So I've got a list Gosh. of movies. That I need to catch. I'm making a list right here. Actually, it's got. I've written it down. Armageddon, Die Hard, Deep Impact. Um, Put Deep top. Impact at the bottom of that list, but you know the other ones. Okay, I'm just adding to my list. Okay, but Morgan Freeman was the president in that movie. Okay, which was very unusual. You know, you didn't see a whole lot of African American presidents in movies yeah. up to that point. That's interesting. So it was kind of a, a groundbreaking groundbreaker yeah. there. Interesting. Okay. All right, number three. Yep. By, by the way, I just want to point out. Of my five presidents, three of them's characters were named Tom. Hmm. The first two I just did, Tom Kirkman, Tom Beck. I found that very interesting. Yeah, that is kind of interesting. We'll have to go back and look at how many presidents in history have the name Tom. Why did they choose Tom? Yeah, maybe it's a Thomas Jefferson reference. I don't know. I don't know. And then another interesting, my number three and my number two had the same character name. What? Which is James. So my number three is James Dale. In Mars Attacks, played by Jack Nicholson. Have you seen Mars Attacks, Brandon? Do you want me to lie to you, or do you want me to tell you the truth? <laughs> did you watch any movies in the 90s? I did, but not the ones you watched. Clearly. I was busy going to the horror movie section and renting B-movies that were terrible. 
Um, so no, I, I've seen the box for Mars Attacks, and it looks <laughs> vaguely interesting. It's got Jack Nicholson in it, who I really like. Yeah, I love Jack Nicholson. Uh, but he he has one line that uh, it, it's a it's not a great movie. I wouldn't put that on your list. Okay, if so we I'm have scratch, to. I'm gonna scratch that off. Yeah, we okay. can scratch out Mars Attacks. But he has a line. I think it was like the Capitol building gets blown up and mm-hmm. Congress is gone. And he's telling his people, he said, I want the American people to know they've still got two out of three branches of the government working for them, and that ain't bad. <laughs> That's great. That's leadership right there. It is. That is leadership. Looking at the positive of things. You know, you're communicating with the people. So, I, I you know, I'll go back and watch that. That'll be movie number six on my list to go back and watch. Okay. Uh, my number two, James... James Marshall, the president in Air Force One. Oh, yes. Played by Harrison Ford. Oh, man. How many times have I watched that movie? Pro- I'm guessing none. At no, the, at the rate that's we're going. not true, Tyler. I've watched Air Force One a ton. Wow, you have actually seen it. Okay. Get off my plane. Yes. One of the best lines <laughs> ever. What a great premise for a movie, too. Yes. I, I give it points for creativity. Air Force One gets hijacked. And Harrison Ford has to survive, basically. Mm-hmm. He gets all those people out. Remember, like, the the head of the post... He's like, I'm going to make you postmaster general if this works or something. And they get all those people out of the back hatch on the parachute. Great scene. I mean, great stuff. I absolutely love that movie. Yeah. Do, do you think any president in history could have taken back over that plane? Like, like do you think Grover Cleveland could have retaken <laughs> Air Force One? <laughs> No, no president's going to do that. No, no, I can. T- there's none of them that would. None of them. Exactly. The only one I could kind of picture would be like George Bush. I agree. W. Or, yeah, George W. Yes, w. Okay. Yeah, he he seems like he's kind of crazy a little. Like he's super nice, really gentlemanly guy. But he sounds like you know if you came across him, he'd probably bust a cap on you. I agree. If I had to pick, <laughs> if I had to pick one president that could have retaken Air Force One, W would be my number one pick. Yeah. Now. Tyler, before we get to number one, now I pick my favorite and my least favorite. Yes. I am hoping that our favorite president is going to be the same, but okay. I have no... I have I've no not idea. said your favorite yet. Okay. So, my least favorite president, this is played by Danny Glover in the movie 2012. Have you seen this movie? 2000, is that the one with John Cusack? Yes, Tyler. Okay, I've I've seen bits and pieces. Tyler, let me tell that. you how bad this movie is. <laughs> this is a movie that's so bad that I rewatch it solely because I can't believe that the movie was made. <laughs> Have you ever seen a movie like that? Uh, I, I've seen some bad movies, but I don't know that it's reached that level. I ch- you have Have you seen the movie? No. I challenge you to watch that movie, and as you go along, say, "Yeah, that's believable." <laughs> I, w- I really want you to do that, Tyler. If you do that, I will watch... Okay, I'm writing down... T- is 2012 on Netflix? I'm guessing it's probably not. It's, it's on Netflix, yeah. Is it? Okay. Yeah, because I've rewatched it on there because I, I even tell my wife, I'm like, look at this. This is ridiculous. <laughs> look at- and I'm probably feeding those people money. They're probably getting mailbox money checks for me rewatching the movie all the time. But I can't believe that this movie was made. Well, that's disappointing because I love John Cusack. Oh, I do too. I love everything he's It's been not in. that, but there's so many scenes that just lose the lack of reality that it just blows my mind. It had the chance to be such a good movie, and it just blew up. So go watch that. Okay. Anyway, Danny Glover, and his performance in the movie is terrible. What was so bad about it? Just not, like you said, not Not, believable? Not believable. Okay. Not that he gave some kind of cheesy speech, but just because he wasn't good in the movie. He just sucked. It wasn't any good. John Cusack. God, the whole movie sucks, Tyler. Just watch it. (laughs) Can we get to your number one? Okay. 
I know this is what everyone has been waiting for. Everyone's on the edge of their seats right now. I am hoping that you chose the same one I did, Tyler. Well, like I said, there's I'll only be, one for me. This was like the Highlander. There can be only one. There can be. I haven't watched Highlander. Either. Um, but again, this president also named Tom, Tom Whitmore, Independence Day, played by Bill Pullman. Tell me that's your number one, Brandon. <laughs> Tyler, there is no other. Yes. That speech oh, today speech. is our Independence Day. Dude, I think I could recite that whole speech. Wait, I mean, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Do it. Now, now, well, now I, wait, what part, just say the parts you remember. Well, I'll, I'll just kind of pick it up where I can remember. Yeah, please. Okay. It's perhaps fate that today is the 4th of July. And you are once again fighting for our freedom. Not from tyranny or oppression or persecution, but from annihilation. We're fighting for our right to live. And should we win the day, then the 4th of July will no longer be known as American holiday. But as a day the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. <laughs> We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> yes! Oh, my. Tyler, I didn't see that coming Thank when we you. were talking about this. <laughs> Dude, I love that. That is the best speech in any movie, period. It gives me chills every time oh. I see that scene. Chills. <laughs> I'm sure I just Tyler, I got chills just now. I got chills just now listening to you. I felt like I was, I was ready to fight and jump in my jet and go. You were ready to go whoop E.T.'s ass, weren't you? <laughs> That's right. You're going to have to talk for a minute. I'm sorry. <laughs> it just struck me funny. Uh, okay. But, I mean, you've got a president who puts his life on the line. He doesn't just give the order to go attack the alien spaceships. He's in the fighter jet fighting himself. Hey, the, no... No other president is doing that, but Tom Whitmore, Bill Pullman. I mean, he's got all of his, you know, aides telling him not to do it. But he's like, I'm a fighter jet. I'm a fighter pilot, Bill. I belong in the air. And sure <laughs> enough, he goes and helps save the day. I think people forget how big that movie was. Oh, my gosh. I mean, huge. when it came out, it, it, was, it wasn't just the special effects, and it had the guy from Jurassic Park and, you know, Jeff Goldblum in it as well. Had Will Smith... Harry and Connick all his one liners. Oh, all yeah. the Will Smith one liners. Welcome to Earth. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> I mean, so many good ones. When you think of disaster movies, you know, there's a segment in movies like disaster movies. That has got so many good one liners. It does. And then uh, what's the is it Randy Quaid? Yes, I think. The crop duster that turns into the guy that kills the first bit. Mm -hmm. I mean it's a it's a work of art. It's what two thousand twelve could have been. Going back to that movie. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely terrible. But Independence Day, there is only one president. I don't know how any movie is going to top that speech from that president. I don't think it can happen. Yeah. And, and also, I wanted to bring up one other question to you related to TV and movie presidents. Oh, okay. It, it's got yeah. me thinking about this, you know, because some are good, some are bad. Some are up, some are down. Mm -hmm. What if every four years on Election Day... We voted for an official movie president. And then that person played the president in every movie. 
So oh. every movie that has a president has the same oh. person. There would be continuity yes. there. Oh. Exactly. It would kind of make it a little more believable, a little more realistic, because you have the same person oh playing president. Goodness, Tyler. What do you think about that? Good idea or bad idea? Tyler, this is such a good idea. <laughs> Here, here's the problem, though. Let's say that, um, I'll just use for sake of argument, somebody that everybody thinks is like really good looking, Brad Pitt, right? He's mm -hmm. always in like the GQ men's whatever. You know, if he gets elected to president, then every script writer in the country is going to be writing a script for him. And there's going to be like 200 projects and he's never going to get anything done. <laughs> well, but that's part of the work as the president. That's right. He has to choose the ones that are worthy. Yeah, maybe. I mean, a president can't sign every bill that comes across his desk. That, he only picks the ones he thinks are the best. Oh, Tyler, this is such a good idea. So if we were to do that, who, who would be your movie... For president for the next four years. Oh my goodness, this is... <laughs> you have really thrown me for a loop here. I'm just now, recovering from, question, your right? I'm just now recovering from your Independence Day speech, <laughs> which was amazing. Um, if I had to pick... Oh, Tyler, you're going to have to go first. I can't even... I'm having a hard time comprehending this question. <laughs> okay, let, 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 me mean, give, let me give you mine. You, you can think about yeah, this. Yeah, go ahead. I want right. to see where your head's at here so I know where to go. So I, I think you, you need someone charismatic, obviously. Agreed. I think you need someone who can look the part, who can mm -hmm. look 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 in a suit. Yeah. All right. I'm going George Clooney. George Clooney would be George my movie Clooney. president. Okay, I mean, because right. he, he's likable. He's from Kentucky, so he can you know relate. You know, people in Hollywood love George Clooney. Oh, like they think oh, he's they eat it up. They, they think he's up. the bee's knees. Yeah. But he also you know he can relate to the country folk in Kentucky and the South. Yeah. So I think he's a very relatable guy. He's someone you look at. So I'd like to have a beer with George Clooney. He's funny. He can do funny. He can do serious. He can do it all. He can be whatever okay. president you want. Okay. Now that I'm thinking about it a little more, my pick for president for the next four years is somebody that's charismatic, that has traveled the country in both large cities and small cities in their work, that has been on the big screen before, has done comedy, has done action, so they can handle a little bit of both. And that is... Dwayne The Rock Johnson. <laughs> the Rock. The Rock. President Rock. Uh, President Rock. I mean, he's traveled the country in his wrestling career, you know, playing at pretty much every state that there is and every city that would have him. So he knows it. He knows the, the, the hardworking people. He knows the Hollywood people. He's done action. He does comedy. And he's a fairly likable guy. I don't know many people that look at The Rock and say, you know what, I really don't like that guy. You know, he's, no, a, he's a good... He is very likable. He's a good in-between between Hollywood elite and you know, working class people. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's kind of like a right in-betweener. Yep. So who wins that election? If, if the American people put it to a vote. I think The Rock wins. Rock or George? I'm, I'm going with The Rock. Yeah, there's enough wrestling fans out there that The Rock would end up winning, in my opinion. It would be interesting to see. Yeah. Might depend on who the vice presidential candidate was, too. We didn't get into that. No, that's a whole separate that's, conversation. That's a whole other segment, Jeez, I guess. we got four more years to think about that. <laughs> That was an interesting conversation, Todd. I didn't know where that was going, but uh, very entertaining. So yeah, I, I just think I would love the idea of having the same person play every movie president. Yeah, absolutely. Now, now can we talk about... So that was that was pretty funny, Ty. That, that speech from Independence Day was hilarious. <laughs> you know, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention today, in entertainment news, we found out some pretty, pretty sad news, right? Yep. Jeopardy host Alex Trebek has passed away today as, a, as of the recording of the show. I can't remember a time in my life when Alex Trebek was not on the TV. I don't know how long he's been doing the show, but he was always on at the same time. 
a guy that can keep that time slot on a major network for that long has done something right. I mean, the culture has changed so much, but the one constant, besides some like Good Morning America and all those mm-hmm. other shows, is Jeopardy. The guy's been there forever, and he's he's battled stage four pancreatic cancer. Yep. And he's been very open and honest about that. And to be honest, I thought he was actually doing better. So I was, I was surprised at the news because you wouldn't have known that he was in any kind of dire trouble. The guy was a consummate professional, showed up for the job. You know, it's just weird to have a part of your life that you're, you don't know that you've had the whole time and then it's just gone. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is. It's like you said, he, he's, he is a staple of, I mean, of so many people's, childhood of their young adulthood i mean people have been watching him for for decades people grew up not knowing anybody but alex trebek at 7 30 on yep on their tvs yep i mean that's i mean he's been filling that spot for decades so it's i mean very sad and um you know i, I was kind of with you i thought he, he seemed to be recovering a, a little better he you know he came back when was and was doing more shows so very, very devastating news and once again, 2020 is the worst. <laughs> we lost Alex Trebek. We yeah. also talked to, you know, Regis Philbin, another great game show host. Well, think, he wants to be a millionaire died. Well, think about this. Alex Trebek, I think he even got a bigger boost up through the Saturday Night Live skits that came around in the late 90s, early oh, 2000s yeah. with the Celebrity Jeopardy skits, right? And who, and who was his ever. number one adversary? Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Alex Trebek and Sean Connery both passed away within eight days of each other. That's crazy. Those two people that were, you know, in the skits portrayed to be like good and evil died within a, in actual life within eight days of each other. That's strange. That is really strange. It is weird. And we don't want to like pass up Sean Connor. If we have to spend every show talking about people that had died, I mean, this is going to be a really depressing show. It's just Alex Trebek is something, somebody that I think everybody knows at some level, whether you're young, old, you either grew up, and you know, watch your grandparents watch Jeopardy or your parents watch Jeopardy and not know any of the answers. You got to watch Alex with his smirky, like, oh, no, that's not right. <laughs> it's because you have all the answers, Alex. You know all the answers. That's why you can, you know, he always he had does. the, he's always making you feel like an idiot for not knowing, but like 99% of the general public has no idea, right? <laughs> yeah. He will definitely make you feel like the dumbest person on earth for not knowing something that most people couldn't even understand the question of. <laughs> Uh, just the, the the condescending sometimes. Oh, I'm sorry. Mm, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. But, I mean, part of so many great shows, um, I don't know, just just hate to see that happen. Yeah. I don't know. Well, we, uh, we've we got to talk some sports, Brandon. Is, uh, I mean, at our core, we are a sports show. We we've are co- a sports we show. We have covered no sports whatsoever this is during true. this show. Should, should we talk a little Vandy football? We've got coming up. We have the bye week this week. Let me tell. You, let me tell you. I can do the Vandy football um, pregame really quick. Okay. We, we need to win this game. <laughs> if we don't win this game, we suck. If we win this game, we may be less bad. <laughs> we may be mediocre. That's then. my analysis of this game. Kentucky came out as a seventeen-point favorite on the Vegas betting. All right, I hadn't seen that. Okay. My first thought was, does Vegas think we're going to score seventeen points? Because that obviously implies that we got to score yeah. at least seventeen for that to happen. To win by seventeen, so that's a little bit of a concern to me. Because I have not seen anything that indicates to me that we can score more than seven on a you know a normal Saturday. So I worry about that. Otherwise, Vandy, if you don't beat Vandy, then you've got bigger systemic problems with the team. Mm-hmm. 
that's my pregame analysis. If we don't win, there are big problems. This is one that you have to win if you're Kentucky. It's the only game on the schedule this year in particular where we're playing all SEC teams where you can check the box and say, okay, got to have that. You got to be prepared. But if you even play mediocre, you should win. Yeah. In my opinion, I don't know. Now, uh, again, we're, we're not going to be able to break down the Vanderbilt depth chart here, but I have watched a couple of Vanderbilt football games, and they are awful. They are yeah, exactly. absolutely horrendous. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, right now, they, they barely have enough players to even field a roster right now because they, they were devastated by COVID-19 at one point. Mm-hmm. They actually had to reschedule several games because mm-hmm. they couldn't, couldn't get enough players. So, like I said, if we cannot win this game, you might as well put down an L for the, every game the rest of the year. Because Vandy is terrible. They played Mississippi State this past week. I watched the first quarter. You remember how bad Mississippi State was against us? They could not even move oh, yeah, the ball. It was a disaster. Mississippi Absolutely. State was up 14 nothing in the first quarter. I don't even know what the final score ended up being. But they were just moving the ball at will against Vanderbilt. That, that, that's as far as my analysis needs to go. If you don't win this game, <laughs> there are problems. You know, you, you've, you've got to win it. Um, we're more talented. We have more depth. We've got everything. There should not be a reason this game is close. The only concern is Vegas says 17 points. I just worry if we can score that many. Yeah. Eddie but. Grant's job on the line this game? No. Stoops is pretty loyal. If you win games, people's jobs aren't going to be on the line. You know, True. we've still got we've still got Florida. We've still got Alabama coming up the next couple of weeks, assuming nothing changes. <laughs> it's not going to get any easier. So that's why you have to win this one. I mean, it's absolutely yep. critical. Yep. Okay. All right. Uh, last thing. It is almost basketball season, Brandon. It is almost that time of year that we all look forward to year in and year out. We are just a few weeks away from our first basketball game. So we're going to go through the non-conference. It was officially laid out. The entire schedule came out this week. So we know exactly what the schedule is. Finally. Uh, It was coming right up and we finally got the schedule. Uh, It was getting a little concerning. We were a couple weeks from our first game and still didn't have a schedule. Mm -hmm. But now we do. So... Hopefully everything is on track. We've got nine non-conference games, so a little bit of a shortened non-conference schedule. Mm-hmm. Let's go through each game real quick, Brandon. You tell me win or loss for each game. Oh, jeez. And and these are always so hard because at the beginning of the year, we are such a different team than we are in February. So these predictions could be based on... They have to be based on where we are usually at the beginning of the year. That's the only thing I can go off of, mm-hmm. right? So let's let's go through them. What do we yeah. got? Okay, game one, Moorhead State at home. I mean, you have to. That's a win. I mean, you have to, mm-hmm. right? You can't start out the season like that. So yeah, Moorhead State at home. I've got that as a win. Yeah. I'm marking win. these off as we go. Okay. Okay. Game two, Detroit Mercy home. Is that the return of Brad Calipari? That is Brad's. Yeah, the return of Brad. Unless Brad lights it up and Calipari sabotages the game, I say we win the Detroit. <laughs> what if game. Brad Calipari did light it up? What if Brad just goes off and has like thirty nine points? Do you think Cal says, "Hey, uh, can you take like an extra step back for Brad"? <laughs> Do you think he says? That? I don't know. I'm just asking. Maybe, yeah, maybe he's putting the weakest defender on Brad when he's in the game. Yeah, that's maybe. true. That's true. Okay, <laughs> uh, but still, a win. It's got to be a win. Game three, Richmond home. It's got to be a win. Absolutely. I mean, again, these first three, you got to start out well. We've got the talent. The only challenge is we got a whole new roster, right? I mean, this is like shocking. The, this has been the, but this has been a huge turnover with roster, where there's been transfers, freshmen. I mean, we barely know these guys. We know Keon Brooks, mm-hmm. right? And He's he was a one. he wasn't a player off the bench. Like that's all we got to go off of. So this is completely speculative. We don't really know, but you got to win against Richmond. 
Okay, so we're starting out 3-0. Both of us agree 3-0. Absol- absolutely. All right, starts to get a little bit tougher after that. Game four, we've got Kansas. Location to be determined. There's been some speculation this might be at Lawrence. Might be neutral. We don't know. Yeah, that... I don't think Kansas is any good. <laughs> I mean, normally, if you would ask me two years ago, early in the season, I would take a Kansas win against Kentucky early in the season just because we're so young and we've got so much roster turnover, but I just don't think Kansas has got the roster that they're used to having, Yeah, in we, my opinion. We've typically done pretty well against Kansas in the Champions yeah. You know, There was the one year where we you know, beat them by like 75 points. Well, we beat everybody by 75 <laughs> points until we played uh, the one team of which we will not say. Yes, we will not discuss that. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going win also. I'm okay. going win. Okay. What we got next? Uh, game five. We got Georgia Tech in Atlanta. I don't know why we're playing Georgia Tech in Atlanta. I really don't know why we're playing Georgia Tech at all. But let alone playing them in Atlanta. I mean, I feel like I'm jinxing us, but we should beat Georgia Tech. They're terrible. Just because it's in Atlanta. And first of all, there's not going to be a home court advantage. The capacity is going to be limited here. Yeah. So it's not like if you play in Atlanta with Georgia Tech, people aren't going to show up anyway because nobody cares about Georgia Tech. No. But then you're limiting the capacity of those that might care. It's not going to matter. We should win. We have more talent. Can you name any Georgia Tech basketball player in history? What's the next game? Can you type? name a Georgia Tech basketball player? What's the next game? <laughs> not one, huh? Well, I don't want to embarrass you. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you want me to sit here and break down the, the, the depth chart of... So you can name one. Well, why don't you name one? Um, uh, Stefan Marbury, didn't he play for Georgia Tech? What's the next game? <laughs> All right, next game. <laughs> we got Notre Dame at home. Fighting Irish. You know, it's a home game we should win. I, I've got to put us at a loss at some point here because this is too good to be true to start off this well. But, you know, at the same time, I don't know anything about this Notre Dame team. I know that they always seem to do well. They seem to play competitively against us, right? I mean, so it's hard for me to completely discount it, but I've got to put this one in as win, too. I feel we're 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 0. Yep, I'm going win as well. Notre Dame, Luke Herringody ain't walking through that door. <laughs> Luke Herringody. <laughs> Man, only... that guy was a monster. <laughs> he was a beast. He was a monster, absolutely. But he's not there anymore, so I'm going UK win. Okay, go ahead. Next game, we got UCLA. That's going to be part of the CBS Classic that they do, and that will be played in Cleveland, Ohio. In Cleveland. <laughs> okay. The setting for the classic film Howard the Duck as well. Well, that's, I mean, thanks for bringing that in, Tyler. That's <laughs> that's pretty good analysis. Um, again, UCLA has kind of had our number in the last few years, except for um, De'Aaron Fox. I mean, totally owned ball, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, aside from that, though, the last few times we played them, I feel like they've kind of they have, they they had that tall blonde kid. They oh would God, tall blonde kid. Yes, I mean he would hit every shot. He would be an All American, like he was early season All American after the Kentucky game every year, and then ended up going into the abyss after that because yep. you know he never played well again. I've got to go with W again. Yep, I'm going win as well. The tall old, blonde guy is not walking yeah, through that door. Yeah, tall blonde guy is out. <laughs> So I feel good about it. Yeah. Last non-conference game, it's actually going to be in the middle of conference play as part of the SEC Big 12 Challenge. This year, we drew Texas from the Big 12. That's scheduled to be played at Rupp. Hmm. Are we going undefeated non-conference, Brandon? You know, I've got to give us a loss at some point because we we never go undefeated in non-conference. That's just Unless you're the 2015 team. Mm-hmm. We just don't do that. 
So at some point, I've got to give us a loss. Maybe I should have done it earlier with Kansas. But, I mean, I'm just going to do it with Texas because there has to be one. We don't go undefeated in non-conference. That's just something that doesn't happen. We're a young team. We've got a lot of of roster turnover. We're going to throw up a goose egg or we're going to throw up a dud at some point. So I'm just going to throw in the Texas game as a loss just because we have to have one in there somewhere based on statistics, Tyler. You and I both took statistics classes. You know, we did, but... Not so fast, my friend. Oh, okay, Lee Corso. We have we have one of Texas's coaches now, Jay Lucas, coming from Texas. Well, that's true. That's so a- you gotta think he's he's gonna know their playbook. He's gonna know all their out of bounds plays. That gives us a little bit of an advantage, right? Well, I mean, to be fair, um, every team knows our out of bounds play as well. We just throw it into the guy that has his arm <laughs> yes. sticking up that says, "Hey, throw it to me." Uh, so I don't know how far that <laughs> I don't know how far that's going to go. And apparently, to a lot of our fan friend or uh, fans, Calipari just rolls the ball out anyway and lets them play. So people know our plays too, right? It's just one on one basketball, and they mm-hmm. throw it around. I I have to give us a loss at some point. We just we always lose a non conference game. Except for one season that I'm aware of. And now I, I actually somehow looking at my list, I left out a I left out a game here, Brandon. What'd you leave a out? A very big game. What? Louisville. Oh. <laughs> I somehow forgot to write down the Louisville game. My fault. Sorry about that. <laughs> it's late. <laughs> yeah, it's That's a, all right. I mean you can leave it out. It's fine. Yeah. Do yeah. we play them? That's not really a big game. Do they exist? <laughs> It's all right, Tyler. You, you've done enough. You you had the speech early in the show, quoting yeah, directly I, I, from I, Independence Day. Yeah. You, you peaked, and I cannot put a loss at Louisville on my paper because that pains me too bad. So I'm going to put a W for that anyway. But it's funny that you left that one out. That's hilarious. <laughs> I know clearly, clearly Louisville does not exist in my mind. Louisville not does not exist in your head. That's so funny. But it's that's a win. Calipari after the little video Chris Mack put out earlier. Calling Cal out for for scheduling and not rescheduling this Wham. for next year. Call the ambulance. Yeah, Calipari, I think is going to run it up in this one. I got cats big. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, Tyler, I can tell you that you didn't leave Louisville out of your uh, preseason preview, which we have up on our website, LexBuds.com. Correct. That is in there. Yes, please check that out uh, if you want to just read an absolutely ridiculous preview of the basketball team. Uh, or if you're just a big Star Wars fan, because Brandon, in that article, I compared each of our players to a different Star Wars character. So yeah, that was really interesting. I, I appreciate your <laughs> your innovation, your you know your creativity with that. I didn't see that coming when you sent the article over. I was like, wow, there are a ton of Star Wars references here. It was a thing of beauty. I'm a Star Wars fan. I grew up on it, so I mean, I loved it. No, I'm glad. Uh, I hope if we have any Star Wars fans out there, you will check it out. And is Cal? I didn't. I can't remember right offhand. Is Cal Obi Wan and Dunn Kenobi? <laughs> oh, to do. Hey, all right. I'll be here all week. Uh, be sure to tip your waitress. Yeah, it's all right. Um, yeah, but make sure you check out that article, LexBuds.com. We're gonna have a lot more content coming up this week. Tyler, is there anything else you wanted to cover? I mean, I feel like this has been a pretty full show. We covered sports. We covered pop culture. We covered politics. I feel like it's a cross-section of everything that we do here. And we were honest the whole way and let you know what we think. Yeah, I, I, I'm done. I'm, I'm ready to I'm call I'm done. After, after that speech, I think I was ready, so I was ready to do call you, it. Do you concede this show? Oh, unlike Donald Trump, I will concede oh, this show. Oh, how you had to end on that. I, why did I even say that? Well, anyway, make sure you check out uh, Tyler's article uh, for the UK basketball preseason uh, preview 
at LexBuds.com on Twitter at LexBuds. Tyler, for the 30th show, I thought this has been a good one. I really enjoyed it. This was fun. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we will see you guys on the next episode. Stay Stay classy, classy, Kentucky. Kentucky.